Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, the show went in a different direction today after Jurgen Klopp uh, said that he felt the uh, Tottenham-Liverpool game should be replayed before he made that pronouncement. Actually, he, we talked about it with uh, Dale Johnson from ESPN, uh, Britain's foremost um, VAR expert. So it was fascinating to get his take on that uh, as it happened in that moment. So you'll hear from Dale. John Coleshaw, uh, uh, impressionist actor, join us. He's in uh, Partygate on Channel 4 last night, which you can watch on uh, demand. It was an uh, interesting chat. He did one of his classic sporting oh, yeah. impressions for us. Uncanny. And we had a chat, we had a mastermind, oh, and we yes. had a new specialist subject, yes. and we had quite an eventful Paddy's Challenge with Kane Reeve sitting in for Ben Fletcher. So here it all is. Good afternoon. What a night of football it was. What a night of football it was. Not great for uh, the... the uh, a few Arsenal fans of my acquaintance is a mm. bit frustrated that Saka seemed to be playing in the red zone, but the gaffer said not. He said he was all right, and it was mm. nothing to do with that. But, you know, he did go off the other day, but a bit of frustration. I hadn't realised how many games he'd played consecutively. Yeah. Very, very consistent. I think this so. is happening. I mean, that, that we're hearing today that uh, Sonny has not been training much during the week and has just been going game by game. He's got a bit of a groin thing. We're kind of nursing these players for a lot. Yes. I mean, they out with a bad injury now, don't we? It's, Another hamstring. There's I mean, so look, many. It, you know, is it... Are players, are players always getting injured and we just don't talk about it or, or has something changed? I don't know. I think it's the intensity. I think it's the pitches. I think, uh, as Danny was saying, as we changed uh, the show there, you know, there's not enough rotation. So, yeah. you know, it is, there's a lot of factors, I think, but it's, it's not good. It really isn't. Um, you, so, uh, Manchester yeah. United, that with Davison Sanchez, formerly mm. of our parish, of course, at Tottenham, two mm. assists... That was quite amazing. One, he just lumped yeah, it. And the, the header. I mean, what were Man United doing for that? They all just sort of, they all stepped out, didn't they? Just, I, I, but not I, necessarily in a line. I had to turn to Goldbridge live, Mark Goldbridge's. Yeah, it's become, your, it's become your thing. It's like yeah, a bit of Schadenfreude <laughs> yeah, for you, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It's so, the thing is, I think he's great. He's so funny. He's just yeah. ridiculous. He, on a card he's going, he goes, that's not even a chip. I'm sending that back at McDonald's. He does go up some good lines. Yes. And, you know, obviously he's suffering, and so it's it's worth watching. But uh, yeah, no, it was a strange game. Yeah, and, and no, no, I mean it's just not happening for him, is it? So it's it's not good. Interesting though. By the way, Mark is, Mark is with us every Saturday evening on Talk Sport. So is, if you yeah. if you like a bit of Goldbridge, I'm sure he'll still be angry at the weekend <laughs> about last night. So uh, go and check him yeah, check yeah. him out. 
Hoyland, though, does look the real deal. And, uh, Good header, wasn't it? I don't it? know if it make a difference. I mean, we mm. had this on Chelsea mm. on Monday. Now, what a difference when you've got a big bloke up front who can hold the ball up, yeah. who can beat somebody, who can, you know, with Brian and then with Hoyland. It's so difficult to play without that. And as soon as he went off, Brozier, the, the Sterling came on, it looked a completely different game. You I, know? Did, I did think of you when Brozier got through and uh, mm. managed to sky one. I thought you were probably thinking <laughs> yeah. in the first half. <laughs> though, what, yeah, it's not made any difference no but Brozier put one over the sky yeah, one did, high and wide did. didn't he yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you know talking of injuries it's frustrating that every time a player does well he seems to get injured and go yeah. off you know but look everyone's in the same boat did you uh, I, I was kind of mixing and matching did you catch any of um, the Real Madrid game I caught Bellingham's outrageous goal yeah and he just walked through the Napoli defence I mean just defense. in the first goal he's, he reads it brilliantly intercepts mm. the pass Plays it off to Vinicius. I mean, he, you know, we're running out of things to if say. If we can't we? win something with him, yeah, and the others are like, you know, Kane and Foden and all that and Grealish, if we can't win something with that amount of people, we're, there's something gone wrong because yeah. he is brilliant. Well, it's good. It's good news that we are. We looks like we've got a clear run at the 2030 European Championship. The only thing is, hmm. I kind of think the amount of games that were played here. Uh, in the last Euros, has kind of taken the edge off it, doesn't it? Yeah. Can, I mean, I heard it. That's yeah, okay. It's not a World Cup, it's not a World Cup is it? You don't want to, you know, you don't want to be a bit down on it. But it's but quite people hard on to get social excited. media, we're going straight away. We can't afford it. You think we've got all the stadium now? We can yeah, afford it. Well, that's what, right. You know, it'll bring a lot of money in. Ticket sales, people coming yeah, in, absolutely, the country, in Ireland and everything. So yeah. it's good news. I'm sure the closer we get, and of course, we will bring it to you. Uh, here on TalkSport, all the games, of course, across the 2030 Euros. I've got a good one from the court circular. Hmm. The Duke of Kent this afternoon visited the Metropolitan Police Marine Policing Unit yeah. and was received by Dr Mohamed Barry. Yeah. He obviously thought it was going to be Barry Cowan. That's right, Mohamed <laughs> Barry Cowan, that's right. He, he does love his <laughs> tennis, which is what Andy's getting at. So two things to get you going on today. Yeah. This is an absolute cork. Imagine what the atmosphere was like in the changing room after this. Let me take you to the Asian Games and yeah. the relay competition in the roller skating. They have relay roller skating oh, yeah, in the yeah, Asian Games. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the South Korean lad is just he's crossing the line and he knows he's won or he thinks he's won. He lifts his arms in celebration only for the Taiwanese fella just to dip at the line. Oh, no. Just to dip at the line thinking, well, I've got nothing to lose. He's already premature uh, mm. celebration so it, they, it goes to the wire they look at it and the, the Taiwanese guy did catch him uh, the South Koreans lost in the relay now they've lost the gold medals the mm. other guys will be upset about this but not only that cast your mind back to uh, uh, to Sonny as well who went off because he won an Asian Games medal mm. only had to do three weeks of national service yeah. all this team have missed out <laughs> <laughs> They've missed out on their gold medals. They're now going to do 21 months. Oh, God. 21 months. It's a harsh. National service. Imagine Why didn't that, he dip for the line? That's it. Well, because he, he thought he'd won easily. Yeah, so imagine they're all sitting that. in the dressing room. You can hear a pin drop, and he must look up and say, Sorry, lads. Sorry. <laughs> Three weeks of national service, <laughs> 21 months. Sorry wasn't enough. That's oh, what you yeah. want. Times well, when sorry wasn't enough. You can enough. say sometimes when sorry wasn't enough. I did, not VAR related. Um, the other thing was a <clears> premature <throat> celebration. Because now I'm sure few, we'll have a few stories. Well, I wheeled away, but then the next thing I knew, because <laughs> that's what you do, you wheel away, yeah, don't yeah. you? With your arm in the air, like Alan Shearer, Alan Clark, it's you wheel away. One on the, you see it on social media, it's a penalty, I think, and the bloke, 
misses mm. the penalty and the yeah. goalkeeper goes off and celebrates. But in the same action, the ball spins. Yes. And spins back into the goal. So he's like premature celebration. On well, the it, but a premature celebration when sorry wasn't enough. And the other thing was, and if you're aware of this, um, Lionel Messi, he's supposed to be playing against Chicago Fire this mm. week, but he's got a knock and he may not play. They've sold 61,000 tickets in Chicago. They're now offering a bit of a discount. They say they're going to give $250 uh, credit towards new memberships for the uh, 2024 season or $50 credit to single-game ticket buyers. So, you know, you want your money back if Lionel's not playing. It's a bit harsh. I mean, there's no guarantee, is there? Well, there aren't. There's, you know, it's, it's sport, isn't it? I suppose Absolutely. that's the same in anything. You can go to the theatre, you know. and yeah, understudy. Um, the, the, the part, you know, the, uh, you know, I don't know, Mark Rylance tonight, is uh, the role of Richard III will be played by Duncan Norvell. Anyway, <laughs> it can happen. Everybody goes, oh, no, I was really looking forward <laughs> to, to see Duncan chase me, Norvell. Chase me, yeah, yeah um, so <laughs> I was really looking forward to seeing Mark Rylance in, in the role. But uh, when the main act went missing, we're interested interested in some tales of the day the main turn went missing uh, and premature uh, celebration uh, when uh, sorry isn't enough I've got one too and uh, we may, we've spoken to these lads before they've been on the show this is hmm. you may have seen it in the papers Easy Jet Forces uh, band Easy Life yeah the, the, the big Leicester fans Easy Life they yeah. came on the show didn't they and it seems a bit on yeah. the face of it, a bit heavy hand. Well, a lot heavy. I don't think anybody's yeah. going to mistake the group to, with the airline. Yeah. But anyway, that's the way they go about it. But and they've done this before. So we were thinking other things. Easy Jet could sue for. Well, they might go after Lionel Richie very much because so. he was easy like Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah. So the last thing he's going to get a letter from Easy Jet, isn't he? Yeah. Big Daddy. Big Daddy. Yeah, uh, the Crabtree family. <laughs> uh, they, they can expect to cease and desist, <laughs> can't they? Easy, easy. Anyone on Easy Street? Anyone on Easy? Yeah, who is on Easy Street? I, no I mean, idea. there's very few people on Easy Street at the moment. But, and uh, Easy Ozy. Easy, well, who's Easy Ozy? That's a sort of football It was a, it was a phrase it? you used back in the 60s, yeah, was it? Easy Ozy. You I and Bobby Tamblin <laughs> used, used to say that to each other. We did, yeah. So um, other things that EasyJet uh, can go after in light of the fact they've gone after Easy Life. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH&J. Blimey, you got a lot of homework there. So do your best with that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Number of you have suggested, including Bish from uh, Bude and Terry the QPR fan, that Ernie Earls can expect a cease and desist <laughs> copyright <laughs> infringement letter from EasyJet. He's the big Easy, isn't he? Of course he, he is. Very true, boys. Thank you very much. Keep those coming. They've gone after Easy Life. Who are they going after next? Um, Talksport.com. Text eight ten eighty nine. Tweet TSHNJ oh three seven one seven double two double three double four. Okay, before we talk about the audio that was released last night from the controversial uh, Tottenham-Liverpool game and that uh, ruled out goal for offside, let's uh, bring you the audio again if you've just been working on nights and haven't heard it yet. Here it is. Coming back for the offside, right. mate. Just checking the offside, Dilly Dilly. Give me a kick point. Let's go. Yep. Kick point, yeah, please. No That's fine. Happy with okay. this angle. You yep. organise you, don't yep. you? 2D line on the boot. 2D line on the boot. Yep, OK. Zoom Check in. complete. Check complete. It's fine. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. Off. Thank you, mate. Thank you, mate. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. On-field decision was offside. Are you Are you happy with this? Yeah. What? On-field decision was offside. Are you happy with this Never image? Yes, yeah, it's onside. The image we gave him is onside. Left back. He's played. He's yeah. gone offside. Delay, delay, delay. Yeah, Oli's saying to delay. Oli's saying to delay. Stop the game. Yeah, they've restarted Nothing the game. Yeah, they've restarted. Yeah. I can't do anything. I can't do anything. 
Well, there we are. That's how it all unfolded with the VAR system, VAR and the various operatives. Why won't football learn from other sports? In other sports, the the, the player goes, on-field decision, try, checking for try, checking for grounding. Or in cricket... um, LBW checking for LBW. So you clear on-field decision by the umpire not out. So yeah. you, you get the soft signal, you get that. What is wrong with football? Well, they're going to change the way they're doing things, I'm sure. Well, the man we often turn on VAR from ESPN, uh, Mr VAR, we call him Dale Johnson, joins us now. Hi, Dale. He'll be changing his name soon. It's his cup final. <laughs> it's his cup final, this. Yeah, you won't want the association <laughs> at this rate, yeah. Um, Hi, guys, how are you doing? Yeah, we're good, yeah, thank things. you. Um, it's very interesting. My my gut feeling yesterday was that once the game had re- restarted, I didn't see the problem. Consider it was a fairly innocuous sort of couple of minutes of play or 30 seconds of play if they'd moved quick enough. I didn't see a problem with someone blowing a whistle, bringing it back and saying, there's been a serious area, we need to get it right. That was onside, that was a goal. And I thought, well, in law, they probably can't do that. Then I read Keith Hackett, who knows plenty about that as a man who used to run the PGMOL, and he said... Uh, Darren England is applying the laws of the game, but that is just the wrong thing to do in this instance. There are the laws and then there's the context, the spirit of the game and doing the right thing. And the right thing would be to resolve the situation yeah, and correct the most basic of errors. Right. So I was saying yesterday when we chatted to one with Jalili about this, why didn't they just blow the whistle at that point? It sounds like blind panic brought it back. I don't think Tottenham would have turned around and said, well, you know, you were messing with the laws of the game there because justice would have been done. Yeah, I mean, you can tell from the audio that the, the the VAR and the assistant VAR totally froze when the information was being given to them by the replay operator. Because obviously the replay operator, he's he sat there with this image in front of him that he's just created of onside, and they've told him offside. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's just an incredible situation that, 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 that they got themselves into, and the communication was absolutely incredible. That, that, that audio that we heard, we heard last night, I mean, it was just all over the shop, really. I mean... Yeah. The fact that Darren England never once one says onside, he, he goes through the offside process perfectly. He sees that Lewis Diaz is miles onside. And instead of going, the player is onside, which is what he should have said, should have verbalised the fact that Lewis Diaz is onside. He just said, check complete. And that mm. absolutely ruined anything for anyone, anyone can go. But I do think that what should have happened here is two things could have happened. One, they react quicker and they tell the referee to stop the game straight away if they've realised. So we're talking about three, four, five seconds. Mm. Second is Ollie, who we hear in the audio, who is the um, head of comms within within the hub. He could have, instead of trying to talk to the replay operator on the communication set, he could have gone into that room because it's such a major uh, protocol error. He could have gone in that room and said, stop the game now, stop the game now. But it just went on for a minute when no one did anything. We got no resolution. Now, yes, it would have been against the laws of the game to change that decision after the restart. But, mm. and we've got plenty of examples of this in the past, what could have happened? The situation's explained to Simon Hooper. Simon Hooper goes over to the two managers, mm. makes it very clear what's gone on, and says to um, Ange Postacoglu, can we allow Luis Diaz to score a goal? So what you're doing then, you're not rolling back to before the with the players restarted. You're just giving the ball to Luis Diaz to roll it into the net. And what you do then is you avoid breaking the laws of the game. You get the goal. Obviously, that needs to be with the acceptance. That's of ridiculous, top. though. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but I mean, that doesn't I, make I, any, I, I, doesn't make any but, common but sense. Is, but is that worse than what we have now? 
Doesn't it kind of escalate? Why, why not just stop the game and say it it's a goal? I mean, we've got plenty of examples. <laughs> a head injury, someone's got an injury and the game is... Mistaken con- identity. You know, and we, somebody, a referee... We've got plenty of examples of somebody just blowing a whistle and everybody stopping. I know what you mean. I t- within law, that would have gotten round it. It's a work mm. around Dale. But it would have been... It would have es- that would have been ridiculous. It would have escalated it. And it just seems it seems mad that, you know, Kalina or David Ellery might have wrapped him on the knuckles for him. But they would have done the right thing. I think in the, in the court of public... Public opinion. I don't think anyone would have complained, and I don't think Postacoglu would have said, uh, "Oh, that's a disgrace." You know, these are the laws of the game. We got to adhere to them. I think he's a reasonable man, and it could have been. It's mad. It would probably been um, Tottenham releasing its statement about uh, spotting integrity instead of Liverpool. (laughs) (laughs) It it, it is bonkers. I tell you what, I I read something that I couldn't quite believe. You said that uh, the Ollie in question, Ollie Cahoot. Uh, you know, had the authority. Uh, Mark Clattenberg, the former Premier League referee, writing about it today. Uh, he says, on the audio, you can hear the officials refer to Ollie. That is Ollie Cahoot. He isn't a referee. He's an administrator of the VAR hub. So I'm surprised he's telling the officials to delay the game. Questions may be asked about Cahoot trying to influence proceedings. As far, as far as I'm aware, he doesn't have any authority. And I think, if that if that's Mark Clattenberg's only takeaway from this... <laughs> what a pathetic S- show. Say, sorry. It tells you a lot about the referees and the Golly. egos and the... Oh, yeah. I mean, this thing Pepper's been saying it down. No, it, look, we shouldn't generalise, but... <laughs> Seriously, that's that's someone who thinks he's a rock star, and uh, I'm, you know, Ollie Coote was getting busy. He shouldn't get busy. This is our job to do. It's our job to mess up, not his. I'm, I'm staggered that Mark mm. Plattenberg would say that. Yeah, I mean, the the, um, the guy in the in the hub in the in the hub on the comms can only speak to the replay operator. He can't speak to the VAR and, and the AVR, which is why it's the replay replay operator operator that's getting so head up through this. But if you haven't got somebody to step in and make sure these checks aren't being made and massive errors are being made, then what's the point in them being there? And absolutely agree on a normal situation and every 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 other game, then the guy that's um, basically running the hub should not be intervening in the game in any way, shape or form. But we're talking here about one of the biggest errors we're ever likely to see in the Premier League in terms mm-hmm. of VAR. And the, the opportunity there was to stop it and at least, at the very least, take stock of what happened and make a decision rather than make no decision, let it run on for a minute and go beyond the point of no return. The other thing as well, though, because this wouldn't, because of the nature of the way VAR works, we would have had, or the people, I wasn't actually at the game, but the people in the stadium wouldn't have had any idea what was going on. So let's take your scenario. Suddenly the game stops, Simon Hooper picks the ball up and uh, he gives it to Luis Diaz. All the Tottenham players stand still <laughs> and he walks it into the net. None of us would know. Wouldn't no. come over the PA because there's no way Simon Hooper can tell us what's going on. He isn't mic'd up. It would have been carnage. It would have been announced. But like I say, we've seen this type of thing in the past whereby a team has allowed the opposition to score a goal. And that's no different to this. And in fact, obviously, people being able to find out what's going on themselves on their phone is far better now than it has been right. um, in previous years. So, I mean, that absolutely, there's an issue in terms of being able to find out another thing about this, the apparently I wasn't, I wasn't at the game myself, um, but at the end of the offside check, um, basically the, inside the the stadium, it still said checking disallowed goal around around the pit, the perimeter of the pitch and on the big screen for a, for quite a, for a few seconds after it was supposedly finished because clearly 
even the even the graphics operator was aware that something had gone badly wrong here. What about um, adopting, I'll tell you, sorry. just some pretty big breaking news, actually. Right. Jurgen Klopp's just been chatting to the press and he has said that he thinks the game should be replayed. Oh, go away. He said, I think a replay would be the right thing. No, it wouldn't. It would be completely the wrong thing. I just think that... They're, they're, I mean, even we're talking to Danny Murphy about this, a former Liverpool player. He's, and they'd it, have to end with nine men. It would have to be exactly the same conditions. Jones could only play till the 26th minute or whenever it was he got sent off. You you know, then let's replay the Champions League final. Let's replay the Carabao Cup when Lukaku scored. Let's replay 1966. Did it cross the line? You cannot do this. It's so irresponsible for Jurgen Klopp to even suggest this. I mean, it would open up an absolutely huge can of worms. Mm. I mean, a Wolves going to want to replay their game from the first day of the season when they had that yeah. penalty against Man United. Absolutely. What about last season when um, Brentford had that goal allowed which should have been ruled out for offside when the VAR missed a player in an offside position? What about next time this happens where there's an error? There's got to be a line whereby you don't go changing results for fear of creating precedent. Yeah. Now, obviously, this is slightly a special case because they made the correct decision but failed to communicate it correctly. So, in essence, they sort of made the right decision but got it wrong. So that's where it's slightly different. But you, you, you can't go around replaying games on the basis of a refereeing, refereeing error like this. No, you can't. And my final point, I just want to yeah. get this, Dale's Sure. What, what about adopting what rugby and cricket do? Surely that's the easiest thing. Referee goes, uh, checking for offside, on-field decision, offside. Then, they, then well, they know what they're looking at. They know what's been given. That would surely... That's what they do in every other sport. They say what the referee does. He does it in rugby. He says, on-field decision, try checking for grounding. That sort of idea. This should have happened. It was a completely breakdown, breakdown in process. It brought Phil Bentham in from Rugby League a year ago to improve this process. But everything about this one incident, everything collapsed. The on-field uh, officials didn't say specifically that it was, it was a goal disallowed and clearly... He got to the end of the review and the VAR wasn't speaking through it and he didn't finish the review by saying player is onside. He just went check complete. Everything broke down in terms of the way they spoke to each other, in terms in how the, the, uh, the decision was delivered. And it should have been check complete, goal, uh, goal allowed. That should have been the communication and they just got it all completely wrong and, and then they just completely froze. It's fascinating, really. I mean, mm. I just the other thing that comes across here, I don't know what Jurgen Klopp wants from this, whether he wants the... I mean, apparently, I was reading this morning, you may know, Dale, that it is within the Premier League rules that they could insist that this game is played again. Uh, is that true, as far as you know? Yeah, I mean, everything's covered in terms of uh, in terms of how the Premier League can look at challenges, etc. I don't know if it involved the clubs having to vote on allowing this replay. That would be interesting if, they, if it goes to the clubs... Because I suspect they wouldn't get support, they wouldn't get enough votes. The 14 didn't need to get it through, but it would be interesting to see where it goes. But I just struggle to see how they could yeah. possibly um, make the argument to have a replay. And this this makes Tottenham the bad guys as well, because what what's Ange Postecoglou supposed to do? Mm. What are Tottenham? They say, yeah, uh, we think you know it's the right thing to do. Yeah, this play this day again. Replay the game. It's irres- like I say, it's Every team can. Every team can. Ever. I mean, th- this is a very bad example. But every team this season, in previous seasons, can look at incidents where they were were sawn but off. Also, I'm sure. Did Liverpool have eleven men for ninety minutes? Is that how it works? You can't have that. You can't. It's absolutely impossible to replay this game, and it's nonsense to even suggest it. Yeah. Um, so just finally, what happens next, Dale? How do you think they will change it? What do you think Howard Webb's going to do uh, from this point? 
Well, we're going to have to really um, drill down on these processes in terms of how you're communicating with the uh, with your assistant VAR and um, over the comms. It's going to have to be really formalised that you cannot deviate from where from the way it's spoken, and there's going to have to be proper reviews of all these games to make sure that the VARs are speaking the way they should be speaking, and so we don't get this monumental error that we see. Um, I don't know how long it will be until Darren England gets a game again. I suspect that he's going to have to have quite a bit of um, just psychologically. I mean, this must mm. be huge. I mean, can you imagine when this happens in the, like the 34th minute and then Tottenham score a minute later? So then you've got to refer, you've got to sit as the VAR for another 60 or 70 minutes <laughs> knowing what you've done and then try and stay concentrated for the rest of the match. So it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while for him to come back from it, to be in a position where he's really, I think, mentally prepared to refer to referee a game. Certainly in terms of VAR. So I think it's going to be uh, certainly not a quick road back to appointments for uh, Darren England. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hawksby Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Uh, keep telling us what you make of, as you just heard from Kane, Jurgen Klopp saying he would like the game against Spurs replayed. We've had a lawyer get in touch with us this afternoon. <laughs> he said, um, oh, yeah. surely, shouldn't we go back to 1999 and evoke the Arsene Wenger Code of Conduct, of course. This mm. was the game against Sheffield United when... Uh, yeah, Sheff- I was thinking about that. Sheffield game. United, mm. very unhappy. The FA agreed the tie mm. was replayed. Maybe the Premier League could follow suit in the same way. I mean, those were the days pre-VAR, yeah. weren't they? I mean, we had a lot of sets of eyes looking at this mm. decision-making. And you're assuming that no-one else will ask for... Even Klopp said there that oh, it'll probably open up a can of worms, everyone will want it. Well, that's exactly what would happen, so we can't have it, so... It's interesting, uh, Tony Evans, friend of the show, uh, Liverpool supporter, author, um, he sent out a little tweet earlier on and he said no one has asked for a replay because he felt it was being a bit of a stick to beat some of the fan base with. Um, and then about three hours later, the managers asked for a replay. <laughs> so we're going to get well, we'll get Tony's take on that and see what he makes of it. Um, and he'll be mm. joining us, uh, journalist and author, very shortly. But before all of that, Partygate uh, went out on Channel 4 last night. Be available mm. to watch on demand before we speak to one of the stars. Let's hear a little bit of the trailer. You must stay at home. You should not be meeting friends. If your friends ask you to meet, you should say no. Shall I get the karaoke machine? The death toll climbs every day. So leaving dues. Christmas quiz. <laughs> Birthdays. Bring your own booze. Is there anything we don't have a party for? What happens in number 10? Stays in number 10. There Was we that are. Boris or John Coleshaw? Well, that's, he never, he's that good, you never quite know. John Coleshaw is playing Boris, but the voice only, we understand. Uh, good afternoon, John. Hello there, yes. It was, um, it, it's a very visceral docudrama mm. and there's been a very strong reaction to it. It's, uh, it, it's really made people feel, you know, really, really angry. Mm. Um, you know, almost, you know, just reading the reactions last night, it was um, a very visceral response indeed. I couldn't bring myself to watch it for that very it bring, reason. It just it's brings, so annoying. Brings it, brings it all back, doesn't it? Really, it's really triggering, yeah. really. But I mean, it's a heck of a cast you've you've put together, isn't it, for this for this uh, for this uh, party game? 
Yes, it was um, it, it was an amazing, uh, amazing cast put, put together by the writer and director, uh, mm. Joe Bullman, mm. who's really terrific at making uh, programmes of this kind. Yeah. And it was researched so exhaustively. Everything that was portrayed uh, was directly forensically, you know, linked to the Sue Gray report or uh, other stories that, and events that have been reported in the press. And yeah, um, yeah and um, an amazing cast. Um, the Georgie Henley playing Grace Greenwood, who's sort of, she's the one who, as time goes on, her moral compass sort of more and more tells that no, this is wrong. Mm. I'm going to object to this. And we, we see she's the one who guides us through the uh, the, the story and the events. So, John, who um, I take you've been busy, you've been working on new voices, have you? Well, yes, in, indeed, indeed. Uh, just finished the Edinburgh Festival and mm. um, and sort of getting getting back into uh, into the regular groove uh, again uh, now. And um, yes, just uh, watching the sporting events coming up. You know, um, Tyson Fury and Usyk. They're saying that that will go ahead now. So uh, that'll be a very very interesting run in to that. Have you, so, uh, have you yes. had a go at Tyson yet? Have you been working on him? <laughs> Yes, I love the way uh, he always says, a good big one will beat a good little one. Yeah. Anyway, he always says, what a dosser. He's a dosser. Dosser. Yeah, yeah, we love them. We do love them. We do I love, love the way them. American, uh, American opponents yeah. just don't know what that word means. A dosser. A dasser. Yeah. Well, I don't know what a dasser is, but if it's good, then I'm there. I think they go back, and I think Deontay Wilder was called it about a thousand times. So I think he's looked it up. I'd like to think he's looked it up by now. Yeah. Yes. Um, you, you've had a, you've done a few boxers over the years. They were part of the repertoire, weren't they? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I remember um, in sort of 1990 when I started doing uh, live shows. Mm. Uh, I, I was 20 at the time and started doing a few live gigs. And always, you know, Frank Bruno had opened the, the show with Frank Bruno. It was the time of, um, you know, Frank Bruno and Mike Tyson. You know, and, you know. Oh, there was that lovely uh, interviewer, Harry Carpenter, was sort of uh, saying, uh, Mike Tyson already looks awesomely fit. Whatever Frank Bruno brings to the ring, he had better come. Well armed. You know, you forget, you know, Harry, you forget, Harry. Mike Tyson is a dude. He wears shoes, he wears socks, you know. And if I get behind there, you know, do a number. It's when I win, Harry, when. You must have done that for Frankie. I imagine he likes it, doesn't he, when you've, when you've done oh, it for him. Oh, my goodness. I've, I've met Frank on uh, on numerous occasions, yeah. and he, he's a remarkable character. Mm. He's an amazing character. He's got a lot of a lot of wisdom mm. from having had that wonderful career and that amazing life. And he's got that, and he's, uh, he's has that wonderful sense of humour. And when you hear that laugh for real, the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because of his physicality, it's, it's almost like a thunderstorm hearing that. But he's so he's a wonderful fellow. He really is. I admire him enormously. And yeah. He's such an ambassador for the sport. You mentioned Edinburgh there, and of course you you also did your I think it was last year your Les Dawson show that went. Yeah, we very talked well. about that. That was that was oh, very yes. well received, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, it, it was wonderful um, portraying Les Dawson because uh, in his younger days, in his teenage years, uh, he was a boxer. Yeah, right. um, yes, his, his uncle Tommy to sort of like uh, you know his uncle Tommy from Manchester said, right, you know you got to get tough, you got to get in the real world, you know you're going to go to boxing lessons, aren't I? And uh, he, he did. He was a boxer, and he got. Um, 
He said they called me Rembrandt because I was on the canvas that much. He <laughs> <laughs> was actually good really line. good. He, he, did have, he did have a heck of a right hand on him in his younger days, did wow, Les Dawson. Really? And, and yeah, he really did. And because he was, because he, you know, took so many shots to the jaw, mm. it actually dislocated his jaw to such an extent that he could do the gurning. Oh, you know? Really? <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Interesting. He could dislocate his own jaw and do the gurning in that sort of way. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> wonderful character. To Les Dawson. I wonder if he dislocated a few fingers, that would explain the piano playing, wouldn't it? Really? <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. Yes, indeed, indeed. He would always explain that very um, specifically. He would always say, um, yes, some wrong notes are not funny, hmm. but there are certain wrong notes which are very amusing. Hmm. You know, if you one semitone out, and that's the, if you go more than that, it's, it's grating. So it has to be the correct wrong notes. That's very true. Yeah, extra complexity from playing it wrong. Yeah, no, you're right. You could you could tell there was an art to that, to just being off enough for it to jar, but not not to drive you mad. And uh, anyway, John, always a pleasure. Uh, we wish you well with Partygate. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, a pleasure. Great to talk to you once again, and I'll see you again soon. I hope. Yeah, we are, John Colshaw, Partygate. As we said on demand on Channel Four last night, you can watch at your leisure. Yes, Tony Evans, Liverpool fan, author and journalist, will be joining us shortly. So tweeting earlier on, no one's asking for a replay. Well, they are now, and it happens yeah. to be the manager. Uh, Tony's take on that, along with more of your uh, considered opinions on the idea of a replay between Liverpool and Spurs, as requested by Jurgen Klopp. 03717 uh, You can get in touch. Talksport.com, text 81089 or tweet to TSH&J. Andy, what's wrong? I just like the James, the Spurs fan. He says, I like a conquer fight I had in 1985 with my mate Trevor Pritchard replayed he beat me at the time but it was clearly evident that he'd coated his conquer with nail varnish yeah well okay well we'll put that we'll put that in the mix as well James thank you very much the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. Tim Vickery coming up shortly with his uh, remedy for uh, the problem 
uh, in the Tottenham Liverpool game. It's out there. It's original, and uh, it's coming up soon. It is original. Stick I'll around that. for that. It's, it's nonsense, incredibly original. original. <laughs> okay, um, but before all of that, Masterminds back, Andy, mm. isn't it? Masterminds oh, on. Mastermind. Good old. You're Clive a big Murray. fan, aren't you? I'm a big fan. I think Clive's doing a wonderful job. And you've noticed that some of his explanations of specialist subjects can—they're a bit long-winded. They're a bit long-winded, and they're also a bit pointless. Because, mm. for example, the first one on uh, on Monday evening show, uh, the contestant said he said we were specialist subject, and the contestant went the folk musician Richard Thompson. Well, he said it all there, really. There's nothing else to say, is well, it? Well, not everybody would know the but fact he's still, that... he's obviously a folk musician. So, he's, so Clive went, the London-born singer-songwriter and guitarist with a career spanning seven decades. Yes, Richard Thompson, the folk musician, and not the plumber. But to be fair, I looked up Richard Thompson... I was going to say, plumbing. Richard, find one easy. Richard Thompson, no job too small. Richard Thompson and Sons... Um, have been providing a range of plumbing and heating services in the Moray area since 1985. Fantastic. A fair price for I a fair into a, port. <laughs> I went to a rabbit hole with Richard Dice. Oh, they do some really good Nothing things. better to do. So, um, <laughs> what are the other specialist subjects? Ted Lasso, the award-winning sitcom. I think you're going to say the Edwardian sitcom. <laughs> no, the, the award-winning, award yeah. The award-winning sitcom yeah. starring Jason Sudeikis as a seemingly uh, hapless manager of the fictional Premier League club AFC Richmond. Yeah. Not a documentary on Richard Thompson and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Good plumbers. plumbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the final one I had was the <clears throat> the early life of Gandhi. Oh, yeah. And then Clive goes, the first 45 years of Gandhi's life in South Africa before his return to India in 1915 to campaign for independence and not to do a course in plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. Oh, I'm, having, I'm having terrible problems at home. I'll get my mate Gandhi to pop round. Don't worry, he'll bring... Hang on, Gandhi's at the door. I'll just get me rods out the van. It would be amazing, wouldn't it? Fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> off the back of that nonsense, Andy mm. always chooses a new specialist subject to try and have a go at. Mm. And he did quite well last week with pasta shapes, <laughs> <Yeah>. I know. <laughs> Some of the witless <laughs> rounds that they have on that show, I don't think that's 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 particularly mad. Yeah, so, this week's going to be a bit more tricky. Yeah, you've gone for 1970s wrestling. I should have gone for 60s and 70s, I realise Well, that. some of this is 60s and 70s. Good, because at the end of the 70s, I wasn't big on that. So we go back to the world of British wrestling, as seen mm. on ITV Sport, uh, at 4 o'clock, Kent Wharton and all oh, that, for yeah. those with a long memory, ask your granddad. Mm. So Andy's going to answer questions on that. Uh, Andy Jacobs, are you ready for your special subject? I'm ready. Your questions on the world of British wrestling start now. Well, what were the names of the Crabtree brothers? Shirley. Yes. And Earl? No, no. No, no, no. Earl was the rugby player. <laughs> Earl's, Earl's his, uh, yeah, his uncle. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Shirley, but I don't remember. Uh, Max was the other oh, one, yes, so I was going to give you half a point for that. Yeah. Uh, who was, half uh, a point. Yeah, what was, what was Giant Haystack's real name? Ooh. It wasn't Alan Haystack's. <laughs> Chris Haystacks. I, I've absolutely no idea. Pass. Um, Martin Ruain was his real oh, name. No, so no, I guess no. none out of two. Who was Haystacks' major rival? I mean, Big Daddy. It wasn't. It was Kendo Nagasaki. Was, was the it? man seen to? I mean, that's maybe that's a controversial question. Ooh, okay. That wasn't easy. Easy was it? <laughs> we'll uh, name one of Mick McManus's nicknames. Oh, Mick McManus's. One of his nicknames. nicknames. You can't uh, say not the ears because that was a no. catchphrase. Oh. No. No. Okay, the man you love to hate. You could have had rugged South London tough guy. It's not a nickname, no, no, is it? Not really? Uh, the Dulwich Destroyer. You could have had. We I've met Mick once, didn't that, we? Yeah. Amazing. Tremendous. Man. Uh, who did McManus have a major eleven-year rivalry with? Jackie Pallard. Oh, well done. You've got, you've got that's one one right. Um, what was the name of Adrian Street's wife? She used to feature sometimes. 
<laughs> the minus sign, not Mrs. Street. Well, technically, you're right. It's Miss Miss Linda. But I'm going to give you Mrs. Street. That was a useless question by the producer. Wrestler Harvey Smith had another career in what other sport? Show jumping. Of course, he did equestrian events. Can you name Les Kellett's signature tactic? Yeah, he'd wait till the referee was on the blind side and then he punched the bloke in the face. No, that's Jim Brakes who did that, crybaby Jim oh, Brakes. Okay. This was, uh, he pretended he was punch drunk, like he was reeling around. Oh, it's yeah. a brilliant slapstick comic. I know, uh, he was wonderful. Uh, go on, he has a fight with Brian Glover. There's one fight, go and find it. Leon, Leon Harris. Harris. yeah. Brian Glover from Cares, of course, the teacher in Cares and other fine work. Mm. And it's just, it's the comic time in the two of them, sensational. Go and find it on mm. YouTube, kids. That's the best. That's what they're going to do. They're going to go on TikTok. They're going to go and find an old fight between Les Kellett and Brian Glover. Yeah, he pretended he was punch drunk and then he'd recover to win. Uh, how tall was Crybaby Jim Breaks? <laughs> Come on. Um, six foot. Uh, five foot four. He's quite a small man. Okay. Small, yes. Um, um, I've started to our no, finish. What was uh, Sid Cooper's nickname? Cyanide. Cyanide Sid Cooper. One, two, three, four uh, out of four, four and a half, apparently. Oh, not great. I'll do four. better on the general knowledge. I'm sure you will. <laughs> anyway, uh, there we are. That was uh, Mastermind for another week. I hope you did slightly better at home, <laughs> Mrs. Street. <laughs> so technically, you were right. Yeah, well, you know. You've got to have foolproof questions. And what a great plug for Richard Thompson and Sons, your yeah. real plumbing needs. If you're in, in the, the Moray area. area. That's right. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. They're squeezing a Paddy's Challenge, a quiz for charity in association with our friends and official betting partner, Paddy Power. In Paddy's Challenge, we put our knowledge of weird, wonderful sports facts to the test with the chance of raising lots of cash for our nominated charities. I'm playing for the Sport in Memories Network, Andy for the Willow Foundation. Normally, it's Ben Fletcher managing proceedings, but uh, Fletch is on the sick list. Uh, we wish him well. Mm. Uh, but Kane Reeves, who's been bringing you the sport today, has popped in to do the honours. Hello, Kane. Good afternoon. Yeah, yeah you have to have a honor. pop at our management. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. It's a bit of a... It always sounds flex. a bit closer. I wouldn't do that if I was no, no, you. He's player. not a big fan of the canteen prices. No, either, that's right. No, he, he rails it. This is his chance to sound <laughs> off. But anyway, how does it work? Uh, well, yes, so in Paddy's Challenge, you will each be asked three multiple-choice questions, usually posed <clears> by the voice of Paddy Power, Alistair McGowan, but he's not available this week, so it's myself. <laughs> uh, the winner will be the player that scores the most points, and in the event of a tie, you will both win the chance to raise some cash for your charities. Uh, last week, Paul won the challenge and backed Eddie and Ketia to score for the Gunners in last Wednesday's EFL Cup game at Brentford. Arsenal did win, but it was Reese Nelson who scored the only goal yeah, of the game. He, Eddie did set it up. I could, can I get half the money for an assist? Yeah. He squared it to him, but I don't think I can. Good Sorry, Ken. Uh, no win there, but let's see if we can raise some more money for charity yeah. with and today's We have a virtual coin toss because Fletch can't be bothered to do it. So who do you want to go first, me we, or Andy? Oh, oh, that's a tough choice. So I'll let Andy go. Okay, go on. Andy's going to okay, kick us off. You. First question then, Kane. Okay, Andy, your first question. Last weekend's Ryder Cup was the 44th contest in the event's history. Where was the first Ryder Cup played between the USA and Great Britain in 1927? That's hard, isn't it? God. So A, Worcester County Club in Massachusetts... Ridgewood Country Club in New Jersey or El Dorado Country Club in Indian Wells? Well, it's tough, isn't it? It's a guess. I'll go with Worcester. Ooh. One point to Andy. Oh, oh not done. a bad guess. It's not just a bad guess. Because it's that side of America where they're more likely to have played oh, golf at right. So there was a stage. bit of method in you. Oh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, the USA won that. Uh, they mm. dominated it by winning nine well, and a half yeah. points to two and a half points. Not anymore. Uh, USA captain Walter Hagen became the first winning captain to lift the Ryder Cup. Mm. History there well, for you. Be another fact, question yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, next one. Uh, this is your question, Paul. <laughs> I'm <under> admiring. Yeah. <laughs> next question. 
He's got the facts, he's going to give them to us. He's going to give them to us. An understandably ecstatic Rory McIlroy made a bold prediction saying that the 2025 Ryder Cup at Bethpage will be won by Europe, but when did Europe last win in the US? A, 2008, B, 2012, or C, 2016? Uh, well, 2008, wasn't it? No. Oh dear, oh dear. Oh dear. It was the miracle at Medina. Oh yeah, was that thought that yes, was? Yes, it was. was that, ah, so that, that was, was 2012. In 2012. Ah, I thought it was earlier than that. I think it was like such well, a long yeah, time I, I ago. I wouldn't have got that. Where are the oh, years going? One okay. Real Andy. Yeah. Uh, your second question. Aston Villa's present wet look shirt controversy is the latest in a long line of kit malfunctions. Sir Alex Ferguson blamed the team's grey kit for a poor performance against my team Southampton in the 96-97 season, giving what reason? A. It was emotionally draining on his players. B. It blended into the crowd and his players couldn't pick out their passes. Or C. The drab colour led to poor energy levels. It was blended into the crowd, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we've got a bit of the same thing with our new third kit. We, I went to the Fulham game. We wore it against Fulham. It's this kind of odd camouflage. I mean, you it's can it's just. So you've got a cappuccino colour kit. Yeah, as it's well. not. It's not not great. I'm not sure it helped. Anyway, that's uh, that's my excuse. Well, we won lost. that game six three. By the <laughs> yeah, way, I remember oh, yes. that. You were about three nil up half time. Yeah, Graham Souness was the manager for some. Yeah. then. Okay, so I got uh, <laughs> next one for me. Sorry. Uh, right, the mascot for League Un team Nantes mm. had to be stretched off after a vicious tackle I'll go by Nantes, his. But that's <laughs> for <laughs> obvious reasons. <laughs> we we can, did have this discussion. Off this. No, okay, yeah, okay, fair enough. Can I call him Nantes? Yeah, go on, call it. I think let's say yeah, it's like Oliver. I do anything. Nantes. Yeah, okay. What's uh, next? So Nantes, uh, the. the yeah. The mascot had to be stretched off after a tackle by his Wren's counterpart last yeah. weekend. Ren. But what is the name of the You're Nance... not French, are you? <laughs> <laughs> <What is> the... <laughs> There's only Julien Leroy, is it, really? <laughs> <laughs> what is the name of the Nance yellow mascot? Okay. A. Le Canary. Yeah. B. Louis Jouan. Oh, yeah. Or C. Capitaine Biki. Captain and Bicky. Oh, I'll go it's for the Mansfield one, Tranmere <laughs> nil. Excuse me, uh, non one. Uh, uh, no, uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, um, I go for the Canary Chaos. one. No, pick that one out. Oh, that's oh, right. Well yeah, done. Goodness for that. Two one. Uh, two one. Okay. And final question came before right. we you get in any more trouble, get taken off the air. <laughs> <laughs> Your final question. Yeah. Formula One is on course for a chaotic summer next season yeah. as uh, drivers are dropped and changing teams in a major shakeup. How many of the current crop of drivers will be out of contract at the end of 2024? What a difficult question. That is A ten, B twelve, or C fourteen. Going on the theory that I've got absolutely no idea, I'll pick the middle one, 12. Oof. Okay, can I pull this one back or not? 14 are out of contract. Wow. Okay, third question for me, Kane. If I could drive, I'd get a job. One Ryder Cup fan celebrated the end of the tournament in style by running across the green and jumping into the water. He bore a remarkable resemblance to which fast food icon? A, Ronald McDonald, mm-hmm. B, Colonel Sanders, or oh, yeah. C, the Burger King. He looked like the Colonel. Have you seen him? No, right? I haven't it's seen like him. Burr Lives. Oh, oh really? Across there, yeah. <laughs> Two out of three, not bad, yeah. not bad well, at all. To be honest, yeah, you, you had seen it, so it's a good answer. Yeah. But if you hadn't seen it, it's fairly yeah, obvious. It's a great... Nobody looks like Ronald McDonald. You wouldn't let him, <laughs> leave, let him anywhere near the greens if he was dressed as a clown, <laughs> would you? So, yeah. 2-2. Two, um, two. Yeah, 2-2. Two, two. So we both get a bet, don't we? We yeah. do indeed. I'm, I'm going to go for 
Uh, I think Celtic are going to win tonight. We'll come on to that in a minute. They're not quite at it at the moment, Lazio. Should be good atmosphere. I'll go for Kyogo to score sometime tonight for uh, for Celtic. Andy, what are you going to go for? I'm going to go for Newcastle to beat PSG. Oh, wow. Bold okay. mm. Top work came. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you. Enjoyed thank you that. Much. Yes, uh, that's right. Well, uh, you may be in clips of the week, so that, <laughs> that's all good news. I'm going to go and brush up on my French now. <laughs> okay. Mons too, Rodney. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, there we are. As we said, a slightly different show today. Day with uh, the, those comments by Jurgen Klopp, yeah, I'm sure that quite lively. Aren't it you? will rage on. Andy, yeah. you're back tomorrow for the birthday. Spread. I am, yes, quietly confident. Charlie uh, will be alongside me. We look forward to that. So I do hope you can join us. If not, the podcast, as always, will be available at four o'clock. No, yes, right, four o'clock. Okay, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four p.m. on Talksport. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Britain feels broken, but how do we fix it? Westminster just doesn't seem to have the answers, but we have found some people who do. Join me, journalist Becca Hudson, and me, the former MP Ed Vasey, for How I'd Fix. From the price of a pint to the housing crisis, this is the show where we take an alternative look at the problems plaguing the nation. And hear practical solutions from those in the know. Catch new episodes of Howard Fix wherever you get your podcasts. Rebuilding Britain starts here.